Oh, he's all that we want. He's all that we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Let me say welcome to all of our guests. God bless each one of you for coming to be a part of this service. Let's give our guests a good welcome this morning. Amen. That God would bless them and keep them today. Praise God. Y'all want to say something? I take it. All right. The little girl that we prayed for when we got the prayer call. So I've been talking to her mom, and she said that for the past couple weeks now, there's been no tears. And just every day, like, you can tell that she's getting comfortable a little bit more, a little bit more, and it's just easing up. Well, last week she texted me, I think it was Tuesday, and she said, Emma came home from school, and she said, we've kept that prayer cloth in her book bag through washing it and everything. Like, they'd never take it out. They just leave it in there. She said, Emma came home from school today and said, Mama, I got scared and felt nervous at school today, so I got my cloth out and prayed with it. And she said, immediately, she said, I did, wasn't scared, Mama. So I just give thanks to the Lord that they're seeing that it's moving and working. So. Praise God. Well, we got Sandra home, and the doctor said that over there, said she has not had no kind of stroke at all. That she had some kind of brain infection, and they've given her antibiotics, and it's healing it. And we know what it is. And she told me to tell y'all, thank y'all for praying for her and keep praying for her. All right, let's give that unto the Lord this morning. We're serving a God that answers prayers. Faith moves its God. Amen, amen, amen. We, we, you know, we're not worried about what the doctor says happened or didn't happen. We just know the one that heals it. And when he heals it, he takes all the, rem- all the traces. Well, you can't find it. Thank God for that because I had sin in my life. He's the only one that can wash it away. That the world, the devil, nobody can't find it. Thank God for the blood. What a sweet presence of the Lord we're feeling in the house today. Man, to work among us. God bless you. We're going to let our classes go back. Sister, Sister Burnham. That's right. Thank Jesus. Praise God. (laughs) Folks, this ought to excite us, I'm telling you right now. Because we're living in a world that we need miracles and wonders and signs and notable miracles taking place. And I believe we're serving the God. We know him by his name. We know him by his spirit. And we love his commandments and statues and principles. Amen. That we want to keep them. Because there's protection in them. There's revival in them. There's miracles. When you walk in those promises that cannot be denied by the world. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. Appreciate all of you. God bless you. You may be seated. Let me take just a moment to tell you. Oh, them kids are ready, ain't they? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. 
But I just want to take a moment and say thank you on behalf of the Buford family, if I can put it that way, uh, the Bacalda Friday, uh, the serving and all that took place. God bless you. Thank you so much and appreciate your kindness. So keep them in prayer, man, especially to carry God be with her and help her. A very challenging time she's going to be facing. Uh, but but I, I promise you the Lord spoke to her Friday through two witnesses, amen, that God will keep her. Amen. And help her if she'll just cry out. And, and that's maybe easier, you know, said than done. But hopefully something was said and she has took it to heart. Amen. And we'll apply that and let God do something great for her. Okay. And for the whole family. Love you this morning. Appreciate your classes. You're dismissed. God bless you. Brother Josh's class is going to Brother Ford. Brother Josh's class is going to Brother Ford. All right. Andrew's going to be a great example to y'all. Y'all didn't hear the comment he made coming up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he forgot he was there just a few years ago. <laughs> Praise God. Well, God's so good to us. Man, I'm telling you, the Lord's word, his promises, and in his presence. serve such a, a, a mindful God and, uh, that knows how to supply our every need and how to minister unto us and, and uh, even in time. But let's remember all the families of this past week. We had several uh, in this church alone that lost loved ones, brothers and grannies. And so let's ask God to be with each one of them and continue to bless them and strengthen them. And uh, I done got testimonies from some of them already how that the Lord is, has done that and will continue to do that and uh, put words of wisdom, amen, into their mouths and to help them such a time like this. This is the times that we actually become the hands and feet, uh, the comforting hand. I know God can send angels, and I'm talking about literally angels, and then he also sends us, and we, we're angels in a sense, but... Uh, Man, sometimes the tangible ones that can, and just, you know, a lot of time it's not necessarily what you say, but it's the spirit that you say it in and the presence that you bring with you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And nothing's more greater in comforting and strengthening us like the presence of the Lord. Amen. Beautiful lesson today. Saw, uh, Proverbs 31. Actually, through about the 31st verse, the virtuous woman. Wisdom works. Wisdom works. Now, you know as well as I do, the, the greatest wisdom that you and I pursue and what we want to tame is the wisdom from heaven. The wisdom of how to be saved and the wisdom, uh, the Bible says, a, a man that when soul is wise... Jesus come along and taught us, he said, be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Amen. We, you know, it's, it's, we didn't come. Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. I came to save it. And so how true that is with us. We, we don't walk in this life to condemn nobody. But we walk in this life and with the doctrines that God's revealed. We, we didn't, we didn't, you know, <laughs> We received this, okay? 
So like Paul, we received this, and he warned us about acting like, you know, that we was the makers of it, and we're not. We received it. There's only one author and finisher, and that's Jesus Christ, and the rest of us are disciples following his doctrines and footsteps that we can make heaven our destination. So everybody's got to have a Savior. Everybody's got to have a Lamb. Uh, I was over at my son's last night. Uh, Emma's birthday was yesterday, so he's over there last night, and some statements was made about some things, and anyway, led to this, and I told, hey, everybody had to have a lamb. Everybody had to have that blood applied. If you're going to get out of Egypt, you had to follow Moses. You had to, you had to obey him. You had to respond if you was going to get out of there. So the same way, if we're going to get out of this world, we're going to conquer death, amen, both, you know, literally and spiritually. Man, we got to be born again. We got to what? Follow the instructions and what's been given to us by the Word of God. Thank God for what has been written down. Amen. And we sure don't want to be taken from or adding to, but we want to do our best to present it, present it at all times. And so this is a, a, a powerful lesson. Um, it's, I always find it amazing when I read and study about this particular woman and um, uh, this virtuous woman. How many of us feel like we're, we're, we set the same pattern of this virtuous woman this morning? Amen. To fulfill all the dots and crossing all the T's and accomplishing what she set out to accomplish and uh, to achieve. And, and you would probably be shocked how more virtuous some of you are than what you may realize sometime. Amen. And so with the help of the Lord, we hope to relay this out here. The focus verse is actually the very last verse. Amen. Of that particular chapter, give her of the of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Her own works. Uh, no doubt, the works of the Lord, laboring for the King, is more important than any and everything else. As we, you know, if you notice, in the last even couple of Wednesday nights, uh, we've been talking about talents to a certain degree, and uh, being gifted. No greater gift than the Holy Ghost, but yet. Each one of us has gifts, and we got talents and ability to do things, and um, but then to bring them for the service of God and for the kingdom of God. God blesses us with those abilities. If that's playing instruments, singing songs, preaching the word of God, teaching home Bible studies, cooking a cake, cooking meals, visiting the sick. I mean, come on, helps, helps in the Bible. Uh, I'm afraid we may have slipped into a, a, an area if we're not behind a pulpit, if we're not up on the platform, if we're not holding su supposedly some uh, title or something that nature. No, each one of us is a vessel, ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And it's important to, as we go out in the highways and the byways to carry this gospel and truth and impact our world, amen, and our families. And so each one of us, as God gives us the talent and ability to accomplish and achieve these things, it's God that helps us. And so as we watch this unfold here this morning, the truth about God, God's wisdom produces tangible results in our lives. God's wisdom produces tangible. It's, it's noticeable. You can look around. You, you can observe. You can tell that uh, people that have given themselves to the Lord. Uh, I'm going to say this, not being offensive, and I hope nobody's offended by this, here or any other place. But I've had people come to me at times, and they, they hadn't given themselves to God, and they hadn't given themselves to the work of God and to the kingdom of God. Hey, it's a very dangerous thing for you not to make any investments into the kingdom of God. 
okay? Uh, with time and efforts and talents and finances and all this other. Uh, that's very important. But anyway, there's great benefits from that in this life and in that one to come. But the point I was going to make, uh, I've had people, you know, and they'll look around at uh, individuals and families that's lived for God, been in the house of God, and God's blessed them, and they've blessed the kingdom of God. And they'll say, well, they got this and they got that. And they approach it in a manner in a way that, you know, why are they driving a new truck? They ought to took that $20,000 and gave it here and gave it that. And most of the time, some of those didn't have a vehicle. <laughs> they didn't have a place to live. It hadn't been for somebody else. But if you look back at the record, they had given themselves over to the world, given themselves over to unwholesome, ungodly living. And then they want to come in and condemn the rest of the church that's been faithful for 25 and 30 years, and God's just blessing them. See, see what I'm saying? The wisdom of God and living for God. There are some benefits. There's some benefits in this life. And, and those benefits come in, in a lot of different ways from health and strength and long days. Hey, the Bible talks about it. Amen. God talks about it. We can add or shorten our days upon this earth through obedience. Obedience goes a lot further than people really realize. It's greater than sacrifice. Man, it really is. The love of God and charity. Paul's writings, 1 Corinthians 13. I, I, I got enough here to try to, without going into all of that. Truth for, for my life. I will put God's wisdom into action by obeying his word. I put truth into action. Man, the greatest way to demonstrate our love is by service. By Paying the price and being becoming that servant, making that sacrifice that would be pleasing unto God, that would glorify His name, that would represent His presence and power working in our lives. Now, you, you, there's, there's some good reading in our lesson. I'm not going to use the lesson, okay? Great, go through it, read it, especially. Uh, I'd love to get the book, especially it talks about the black ladies, if you go and read that. But, but I'm, 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 I'm just going to kind of set it to the side, and don't take that wrong. I'm just going to set it aside. We're going to go through some scriptures, and uh, I got a lot of scriptures, and I'm going to do my best, amen, to cover as many of them as I possibly can. And as we go through this this morning and watch it really unfold and begin to take place. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying it's never been said when I, when I make this statement right here. Um, when it talks about this virtuous woman, my, this is my personal opinion. I really don't know how one woman, one person, man or woman, could, could actually just all of this you're talking about, okay? I mean, hey, it's, it's, but then beginning of this, when the questions even ask about who can find a virtuous woman, and we know this last chapter, if you go back to the beginning of it, it talks about how that uh, the, the son of the king, and, and, and if you do any study at all, the previous chapter, 30th chapter, and 31st chapter talks about two individuals. And most scholars still applies those names to Solomon. They felt like it was just other names that was actually terms for Solomon. You can debate that, do whatever you want to. But it's still the instructions of a mother. 
and her prophecy unto a son and how to apply himself and what to give himself to. And, and it goes for as far as of, of, you know, things that you ought not do as a king yourself, not to give yourselves unto. And he, she, he instructs him not to give himself to women and to especially ungodly women. And to, but he, also there's another in that same verse, man, to make sure how that you're responsive to kings and to authority and you can go you can go a long ways with that the laws of the land and things of that what you submit yourself to this was mentioned last night too uh, about uh, uh, some people you know claiming to be Christians but they don't feel like obeying the laws of the land has nothing to do with it and I looked at him and said well I'll tell you this if somebody can't obey the laws of the land they I don't see how they obey the laws of God because if you can't obey the laws of the land you sure can't obey the laws of God and I mean that's just works hand in hand but anyway as as we watch this unfold and we we make our way. We know that wisdom itself, when you go back and beginning a proverb, it's likened or the personal identity of it is to a lady. It's to a woman. Wisdom itself. And, and we know this is the wisdom is one of the main themes of Proverbs all the way through. And it's it's powerful. And um, as as it, it, it talks about being one of those seven pillars that was with God before there was ever a mountain or valleys or any creation whatsoever. The wisdom was there. And and in part and played a part in bringing all of this about and fulfilling this. And so we, we realize when you go and you start really about the 10th verse of Proverbs 31, all the way through the remainder of this chapter, um, what's addressed here, what's brought out a man to us. And so he says, who can find a virtuous woman? And you know what, to my surprise... I just going to look up virtuous, you know, on, on the little computer there, my PC Bible program. Uh, it's got uh, the Hebrew and the Greek dictionaries and others, and and so when I punched it in, did you know none of them addressed that term? I found that shocking. I thought, surely, really, yeah, be kidding me. They had virtue, but not virtuous woman. So anyway, and only one, believe it or not, only one out of all of them even had virtue. Even the, the top two or three didn't. It was one of the, one of the most, not as most common had it. But anyway, uh, maybe you didn't think that was many ways. <laughs> but but, but <clears throat> who can find a virtuous woman? The same writer. Most times referred to him as a backslid preacher writing Ecclesiastes. A man, which is Solomon, and uh, when he's in the older age. But in Ecclesiastes 7 to 28, he says, which yet... My soul seeketh. In other words, he's referring back to experiences now. And as he's searching and looking and he's trying to get answers and that. But I find not one man among a thousand have I found. Man, and so we know the search is made. He talks about the search in the heavens, the earth. And, and we know really when he talks about that and he's talking about a certain man. We know really the only, the chiefest of men is Jesus Christ. Chiefest of 10,000, Psalms writer. Again, the same writer, same author. Man, he just talks about Jesus Christ being this man. But what's in the latter part of that verse? But a woman among all those have I not found. And so who is he probably referring to here? 
He made probably the thousand. What do you mean by that? Well, he had 300 wives and 700 concubines. And so Solomon is writing about this virtuous woman. That's, uh, hey, it's, it's priceless. It's, uh, it's unbelievable that anyone could walk in this manner and form. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. This is good for the ladies and men here this morning. So don't get no idea, amen, because this is good for all of us to, be, to pattern and to pursue uh, these traits and characteristics. Now, I'm going to say something that I mentioned a little bit while ago. I've never heard, and I'm not saying it had never been said or taught on in this way, this, but this is just for me. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, but my personal opinion, when you begin to look at this virtuous woman and you watch the writings, and even what Solomon talks about, the thousand men, and, and you know the search that was made, I believe this chapter and the remainder of this chapter can easily be related to the church church the church that's us that's us so that's the reason that as we look at this not only as for a from a wife perspective who do we belong to who are we betrothed to who are we likened to as being what the bride and so as we watch this unfold we're gonna we're gonna talk both sides of it uh, hopefully some of it's going to be comical and some of it may not be. It just according, it depends on you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But, but we, we see some things begin to happen. For her price is what? Far above rubies. Notice he starts using types of material that's priceless, that's precious. When you start talking about rubies and stone and silver and these type of commodities, amen, that especially the in certain individuals. Uh, I've, I've, I've read or, or heard people talk about certain celebrities, and this is people that's got what we call crazy money, okay? Because when you say crazy money, that means you got a lot of money you can just waste. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, uh, they, they talk about they have these engagement rings uh, that cost a million, two million, and even some more than that. Can you, you, you know, you're going to have a bride and you give her an engagement ring of a million dollars or two million dollars. And, and so I guess she's going to parade it around. I don't know what she's going to do with it. I mean, she'd be, you know, something to get her head knocked off any time she walked out the doors, I would think, if, when it was all broadcast and everybody knew about it. But, uh, and, and, and I've seen pictures of a couple of them and but again you don't go by me but I'm not impressed with those million dollars rings I'll be honest with you and they said they're worth two million and I, I don't know maybe it's where the diamond came from and maybe I know the size will have something to do with I'm sure and and the quality of it and things like so whenever he talks about this and and he likens this virtuous woman she's more priceless and dear and precious than the riches and what the, the riches that you might can attain and and pull out of this earth and what God created even himself even though it may be in the rough such as diamonds a lot of time is, is brought and it's what they call in the rough and then it's the individual that starts cutting it and the right cuts on it and things of that nature that helps form and shape in that but thank God amen for the word of God and for God and for the Holy Ghost because how many of us came to him in the rough how many of us came amen with a lot of baggage a lot of things of that nature but when we started bowing and humbling and yielding and having an ear to hear what God had to 
say to us and how he wanted to instruct us how that something began to boil inside of us and a hunger and a thirst and I said you know what there is a better life for me there is a better pathway there is a there is an author and finisher there's a God that loves me I've messed up but you know what he loves me and out of this love I'm gonna let that love work on my heart I'm gonna let that love work in my spirit my life I'm gonna let it manifest and so now I can become that it's a process we used to sing the song of the children I'm glad he's still working on me how about you I'm glad he's still working on me he hadn't just distorted me amen but yet he's still working and you know what I don't know if I'll ever reach that perfection as long as I'm in this earthen vessel but I know inside this earthen vessel there is a presence and a power and a workman amen because we become his workmanship we become his house amen we are the temple of the Holy Ghost if anybody can change a circumstance or situation when the doctor says we don't give them much hope when the spiritual demonic world is bombarding our babies there is a group there is a virtuous woman there is a church amen that knows a God that knows a man by the name of Jesus that could turn that circumstance and turn that situation around they got wisdom they got insight they got understanding and they got power and authority amen it don't come any other way you can't buy this I'm not going to be too whatever here, but, you know, you can buy a bride. <laughs> they some, some around here that's bought some. <laughs> not in here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, man, you can make deals in for certain countries and, you, you, you know, you might see, you might not, but anyway, if you've, and, and they're ready to go. And a lot of times what you see, a lot of, <laughs> praise God, a lot of times he's old and gray-headed, can't get nobody, got a lot of money, so he goes and gets him one. And you know what? And a lot of times it's young, and she's pretty, and all right. But anyway, I thought that was anyway. So, so but God's come, and he's going to buy a bride, and He's going to, he's betrothed us and there's, there's benefits with this. And we, we watch it unfold as, as, and, and so by the help of the Lord, we're going to connect some things here. And because you know what? The church is the most beautiful thing in a community. It's the most beautiful thing in a family. It's a church. It's a body of believers. It's those that's heard the voice of God and felt the presence and allows that presence to work. Amen. And so, as we begin to go through some of this, and, and don't get me wrong, there, there's, been, there's been, I believe, some virtuous women throughout the Bible. I'm just going to touch a couple, okay, for time's sake. I won't. But, but you can go to the, the Shudamite woman. You got to notice that uh, she was the one that perceived that Elijah was a man of God. Now she could have easily had the attitude and the spirit because she was barren. She had not uh, one of the most important, if not the top of the list, for the ladies of, of that time, a man to give birth to. Uh, at least a child, but preferably a son. And, and, but she was barren. She had not. 
But Elijah would make his way through their, their, their home and their city. And, and from all accounts out of the scriptures, we can see that after making that journey through several times, and apparently she had called him into her home and, and had, you know, gave him bread and, and things of this nature. She finally come to that conclusion and told her husband, amen, because, and, and here's what the Bible has instructed us, amen, she built a room on the wall and they say, and if you had a poem and you had walls around it, that put you in a place where you was wealthy. It put you in a position, amen, of being a great woman. So, so she had resources. And you know what? She didn't just harbor them up and she didn't just waste them on, on herself, but she seen an opportunity of a man of God that needed a place that when he would come through and sometimes it may be late in the evening or even late at night when he would come through with his servant and she'd come up with the idea of building this room and putting in that room. It didn't have to be fancy and it may have been for that day and time. I don't know but but we know that she put in there a table and a stool and a candle for light or a candlestick. Now now I'm sure the light maybe I don't know how that worked out but a candlestick was a place for light and she put bread there and maybe she changed it out pretty regular because whenever he would come but he she they told said you're welcome. You don't have to worry about it. And it was built on the wall. I don't think he had to knock. I don't think he had to do anything. He knew that he was welcome there and and this was a woman's ideal to do that. She was the one that perceived and realized and recognized that he was a holy man of God. And then after a little time of this, Elijah, you know the story how that he can come, call her, call her. And sure enough, he dies. And you know, she's barren. But anyway, I don't have time for all of that. And so we see this. You go to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and read about that. And so I'm going to go also to some writings of Peter. Well, let me, let me talk about another one before I go there. Abigail. Abigail is another one. Amen. And you know, uh, uh, a lot of times uh, it may not be the ideal situation. I'm, 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 I'm treading on some dangerous waters here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to do it, okay? Uh, but, and it may not be the ideal situation. But even such with Abigail, when you go to 1 Samuel's 25th chapter, you're going to read about a situation there. And, and I don't know what, what caused her to marry a man, Nabal, but Nabal was, was cruel as a man. And he was evil and harsh. He was mean, a man. But he was rich, a man. But I'm going to tell you something. Riches don't always uh, is, is a sign that you're godly and upright, okay? And so, and so he had many, many sheep. And there was the shearing time had came. And David and his men had protected a man his his shepherds and they didn't lose not one lamb they didn't lose they was in a geographical location it was very prone and subject to, to thieves but David and them a man kept them this is some of the time when David was running and and so after that took place and David heard about them the shearing time thing because you got to understand it's like harvest time here when people start gathering in the squash and things of that nature and they plant a few plants and they got an overabundance and they start taking the neighbor five gallon buckets because they don't want to throw them away because it's a great harvest is coming in and so there's plentiful and so that's what was happening here and so David had sent 10 young men and gave them the instructions of what to say and how to approach him but whenever they did he, he said who is this David he's just another servant you know he's just one of these that's just run away and things of that nature and you know he wasn't going to respond to him so he, he handled him a man very harsh he was very mean a man has sent those 10 young men back and you know the story how that David when he brought the word back to him 
He's going to put on his sword. He takes 400 men and they put on their sword. Say, we're going to do and annihilate him. We're going to destroy him. But watch why God works through Abigail. Now, the Bible said that she was beautiful, had a beautiful countenance, but also an understanding heart. Amen. I'm going to tell you the heart, the heart, amen, the, the seat of uh, emotions and desires and passions is a very important thing. That's the reason we had to have a new heart. That's the reason we got to have the word of God written on the tables of our heart because it's got to be something that sustains us regardless of our gifts and talents and ability because you can take a beautiful woman but if her heart's not right man she can bring destruction to herself and to her family and to her husband hallelujah but if you can take a beautiful lady that's got an understanding heart and she don't let the outward countenance amen amen defile who and what she's going to be and she don't use it for her own glory and she don't use it for her own earning but she uses that with an understanding heart amen to be the beauty of God and the beauty of the presence of God and the power of God there's a different countenance there's a different you can't beat the old nature itself for beauty and so as we watch even the church and you go to Peter's writings and, and what he has to say about some of this is he's talking about and now he's going to talk to wives and he says likewise wives be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word notice the power Notice the power that can take place here. Notice what can transpire, what can take place. Amen. They also may, without the word, be won by what? The conversation of the wife. That's powerful. The conversation is, is the conduct. Then he goes to start describing how to conduct themselves and how to present themselves and how this unfold and how it will work, amen, even against a husband that, that didn't hear or didn't believe in the word of God, amen. But now through this vessel, God's going to work, amen, through it. While they behold your chest conversation coupled with fear. Now, <laughs> I know the times we're living I know the nation we're living in. And I know what Hollywood's done. Where Hollywood promotes and what Hollywood puts up front and things of that nature, okay? But, uh, but just, just, just listen to some of this. Said, Coupled with fear actually means to reverence or to honor or to esteem or to show appreciation, to adore or to admire, to revere. Now, those are really not terms that most wives want to hear when it comes to their husband. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get any shouts or hallelujahs or thank you, Jesus, sir. <laughs> I am getting a few smiles, thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I know the first thing you might be thinking that, well, he ought to deserve it. But hold on now. He's, he doesn't have the Holy Ghost. He hadn't been one yet. But I'm telling you there's something about God and coming to that understanding and realization that this is not about me anyway. It's about Him. And I'm going to represent Him. And if I can't represent Him in my house, then please, where, I'm going, where am I going to represent Him at? And be really effective. I'm telling you, there's no greater place than your own home. Hallelujah, your own house. Because if you can, you can, and I'm telling you, I'm praying in my own home. I walked through it last night. Amen. 
the love of God. Man, I want an atmosphere in my home. When people walk in my little house, there's a presence in that house, amen, that they know this is not just the Moors because it's not about the Moors. It's about Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost and making this journey. And so, as you watch him begin to relate to this, how to adorn yourself. And who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning. The plaiting of the hair, the wearing of gold, and a putting on of the apparel. The adorning actually means to decorate, to fashion, to form it. But let it, watch this, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. What, what, what are you saying? What, what do you mean by that? Outward, external beauty is, is going to decay. It's going it's to, it's it's kind of like the flowers, just like men. They got their years, and then regardless of how much of a man they was, the day's coming, the hour's coming. And it doesn't matter how much medication they take. It doesn't matter how much exercising they, they do. It's coming. Oh, you, you can preserve some of it, and you can get it to last a few years, and you may not look... <laughs> You may claim to look 43 and be 63. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, uh, but it, it shows up. Amen. Brother Ford asked me a while ago. He said, well, you feel any older? I said, not from yesterday. <laughs> but you pull back about 40 years, it might be a different story. But, uh, but regardless of what all we do. Amen. The hair is still going to fall out. The teeth going to fall out. <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> Shapes. Thank God rounds a shape. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. And so all that, you know, and, and so that just comes. It comes with, you know, some things they talk about aging. I've, I heard Brother Troy Ford talk about that cheese, that cheese that's, I don't know, four years old and 12 years old. And I have a hard time eating that, folks. I'll just be honest with you. Mercy, son-in-law talking to Mr. David too last night, talking about some kind of meat. They're going to leave it out. They've been out, out so long. About, mm, I said, that sounds like almost a rotten at time. My oh, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. We got microwaves and stoves. And oh, why you want to wait? Let's cook it. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but, so, but, but let's watch this as it unfolds. And he talks about it. And he says, the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit. Can I be honest with us? Hollywood hadn't taught you that. They want you in everybody's face. You got a right and Raymond's live and all this. I believe there is a balance. And I believe, amen, as you watch some of this unfold and take place. Now we liken this into the church. Don't forget that. So no one's exempt. This is likened unto the church. This is us. It's who we are. Which is, watch this, in the sight of God is of great price. A meek, humble, quiet spirit. Not quick to. Actually, the Bible is taught right the opposite. For after this manner. In the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. Now watch what he, what he does. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, 
We got some patterns. We got some illustrations that, that Peter's pulling from now. We got Sarah. That obeyed Abraham. He didn't have no evidence to show her. But she was willing to follow him. She was willing to connect with him. Looking for a city that wasn't built by man. She humbled herself and yielded herself to follow and fulfilled what had been given to them. Even to the point, he says, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are. That's us. We're not out of Hagar. We're out of Sarah. Connect the dots. We're from that new Jerusalem. We're not of the bondwoman. We're of the promised child. We walk different. We talk different. We're not better than anybody. I'm just dust like everybody else. We are. But there's something inside it. We're, 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 we're covered with something inside of us that flows out of us. The world can, can give it to you. Education, skills, and talents, and ability. No, it's, it comes from God. This is an ornament that comes from God. That beautifies us. That reflects even our faces and our countenance. And it's not just a Sunday deal either. It's, it's not just when I'm around certain people. It still amazes me. I, I love to watch this, and I don't, I don't give no impression. You know, I don't try to change any expressions when I see it unfold. But to, when certain people do certain things, certain, you know, if, it, if it's at your, your little baby, darling, man, you light up. And, and I understand that to a certain degree. But if somebody else does the same thing, you just say, hey, no big deal. You... There's the problem. There's the problem. Because Paul wrote unto us as the church, we're going to weep with those that weep. And it doesn't matter who they are. We're going to weep with them. It doesn't matter what last name they got. They're part of the church. They're part. And we're going to rejoice with those that rejoice. So we, we, we begin to understand really what we're being called for and, and what this is really all about. You could go to even Rebecca, and I'm just hitting a few, because there's some very important things that uh, we got to understand. We know that Rebecca, whenever the servant of Abraham was sent unto her, and there, there was a requirement he made when he got there. He, he prays and asks God that uh, the damsel that comes, the little maid that comes, and that she would be willing to water him, the services with him, and the camels. That takes a lot of watering. For somebody to go down, tote a jar down into that well and pick it up and bring it back. But he didn't inform her that. He just introduces himself, and, but she willingly... Because he needed it as a token and a sign. Amen. So we understand that, that laziness is not part of a virtuous woman. She, she does more than just sit on a throne somewhere. And just... <laughs> you know. 
I love it, and sometimes it irritates me. Sometimes I just laugh about it. But, uh, but it's like when there's people out there, out, 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 out there, they begin to tell me how I ought to do the church and how we ought to do this and ought to do that. And you know what I want to tell them? Come show me, baby. Come show me. Come get in church. Come be here Sunday morning. <laughs> I mean, I mean. <laughs> I'm sure you've been to some of the, the deals in the world. Where's most of the seats at? How many coaches is involved compared to the watchers? How many, how, many, how many is out on the field that's participating, involved to make it happen compared to the? But you and I have been called as a church to serve and to represent and be a servant unto all. And so here she was. She was being called upon without any sign yet. Now, now, now the servant had some stuff. If you go back and read it, he starts decking her out, buddy, and assuring her, hey, you don't worry. The one I'm carrying you to has got more than enough. More than enough to help you. Bless you. And so as we watch some of this, I could, I could go to Naomi and, and to Ruth. And, and let me just make a few comments about that. I got a lot of them to try to cover here, and, and I'm going to get to those scriptures. But even with Ruth, it was her idea to go to the field, not Naomi's. I'll go and gleam. I go, come on, any of you that knows, Sister Glenfay, I heard you say it that day. Uh, I won't go on <laughs> picking butter beans, pulling Lori with a stroller behind her. I don't like butter beans, and I sure don't like to pick them. <laughs> they finally figured out on the Ford Hill up there how to do it. When they, enough of them gets ripe, you go out there and you pull the bush and all up. trees under that shade that's where you pick them sitting in the chair <laughs> amen but I'd rather just go to Walmart to be honest with you <laughs> ah, praise God that's just a whole lot easier it's kind of like my turkey hunting man <laughs> but anyway watch this as we go from this and we watch things happen and unfold watch the qualifications for a widow some things for for, for her to be recognized, and especially as for the church to offer assistance and help. And I won't go through all of it, uh, you know, but watch this. So, well reported for what? For good works. If she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted. These are the things that qualifies a widow. To get the service of a church when they don't have no sons or no nephews or no family to come to their aid. Paul actually taught them if you've got sons and nephews, let pity start at the house. They bear the responsibility. We're living in a generation and we're living in a nation. They look at the church for the most part. It's what the church can do for them. 
not really wanting to put any input into it, making any investments. And I know I've been hinging on that area quite a bit in the last few weeks because I'm being nudged by God. Amen. The reason some even of this assembly is living in the poverty that you're living in is because you've been slack in the kingdom of God and God can't bless you. But if you learn how to give to the kingdom of God with the right spirit and the right attitude, I'm telling you, the Bible promises you he'll give it to you shaken together, pushed down, running over man will give in to your bosom but if you're hedging about the kingdom of God and making investments into the kingdom of God if you don't want to give your money and you don't want to give offering and you don't want to give your time please don't criticize the church not when you ain't got a dog in the fight not when you ain't got a dime invested not when you ain't, no, all you've done is stood back and criticized. Hey, that's like people living in America. If you don't like us so much and you think we're so bad, move. Come on, preacher, don't be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where it ought to be. We ain't got no business burning the flag. We got men and women that's gave their lives, crippled and maimed, got families that's having to wait on them day and night. Amen. To pay the pay the price of that liberty of that flag. And nobody has a right to trample it or burn it. I say, you don't have a right. You know, I, believe it or not, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. But you know what? You can grieve and quench the Spirit of the Lord if that liberty is not there. And there ought to be some things in our country. Anyway, if I was a politician, there's a lot of things I'd have done different. One thing, I'd have never let one acre of this ground been sold. I know I say that all the time to no foreign countries. I'm not against them coming. I'm not against that. They do it right. I'm, I'm for it. Same way with the church, folks. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to open up the floodgates and open up everything and just let any old way do and any old body do. And, any, and that's, what, that's the same spirit in the church. We didn't come to condemn nobody, but we got to preach truth. We got to preach separation. You got to come out of my. I come to the church to be changed. I didn't come, amen, to just keep living like I was living, living in the hog pen and living in the mess. No, even that prodigal son, when he came to himself, you know what he said? He said, Man, my daddy's servants are so far better off than I am. They got bread and plenty of bread to eat. The servants at my father's house. I'm going back to the father's house. And so, anyway. As we watch this, as it talks about this widow here. And, and, and so then he, Paul's, now this is writing to Timothy now. The young pastor that Paul's writing to, to help him, give him guidance how to instruct the church. Titus, you can go to Titus. The aged women likewise. That they be in behavior as becoming holiness. Not false accusers. Not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. You won't be a gossiper. You won't be a tattler. You won't be talking about the church now. We're at the church. That they may teach the young men and women to be sober. Watch this. To love their husband and their children. Thank God for the, the ladies here that has led the way. To cherish their babies. To love them, to raise them up in the nurture. And thank God for the parents that brings their children to dedicate them. Not only as, as in a service, but that dedication of coming and bringing them every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night. Amen. As, as much as possible. Amen. Bring them to what? 
I want them to be introduced to God, to the truth of God. I've come to that realization. I can't raise them by myself. I can't do that. I've got to have help. I've got to have a church. I've got to have a family, a church family to help us, man, to raise them up. And, to, and, and so it brings us back to that place of balance. Balance. And, and so with all that being said, uh, I'm just going to just, I probably won't go to a lot of scriptures here now. I'm just going to run out of time. But, but let's start. 15th verse. She rises also while it is yet night. Early, early. And I know there's different opinions about that as far as getting up early or late and things. But, but anyway, night. Why it's still early. She waits. But also night represents darkness. Okay. She can rise up in the dark times. She can rise up in spiritual darkness and become a leader. And, and become a voice of instructor. Of a guide in, in circumstances and situations. This is what she done at the very beginning of this chapter with that son. That she had made a vow to. That she had birthed the, 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 her son. And so we watching this as it unfolds. And you and I as a church has a responsibility unto our babies. And those that are born here. Amen. And those that we, we encounter with to try to help them along this way. And so she rises while it is yet day and giveth meat unto her household. Amen. And a portion to her maidens. She's willing to give them assignment and instruct them and give them direction of what to do and strength and energy and insight. Amen. Remember the, the age held instructed the younger. Younger, you got to be willing to listen to your elders sometime. You may not like it. Amen. And they may not, you might say, well, if they don't just, no, you can use all them excuses if you want to. But I'm telling you, every young mother in here, I'd listen to those elder ladies. Hallelujah. Because you know what? They've been there. They've experienced a few things. They've raised two or three kids and they, they have a little insight of some things that's going on and you know what if they're Holy Ghost filled and they of this church hey man you know what I'd, I'd, I'd pay attention to what they're saying and you may not could do what everybody says but you know what you can take a little from this and a little from that one and put a little of yours and mix it all in there it'll work out a far better amen than you getting an attitude and a spirit I just raise them the way I want to raise them and if you do that I'm telling you you just pull down two or three fences in your life that help protect you and your family from the spiritual warfare I'm telling you that little 11 year old has called there's a spiritual uh, uh, access, amen, to that child. Amen. There's reason they're in the condition. I'm not blaming parents. I'm just telling you the society and the world we're in. It was in Jesus' day and it's still here today. And I'm telling you medications. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the medical world's not going to solve it. There's got to be a church. There's got to be a God that can only silence that voice that can transform that heart, mind, and spirit and save and deliver and bring them out of that body. You've got to have a church. You've got to have a church. You've got to have a church. So this is what she does. She considers a field. Ruth, I'll go to the field. Jesus taught us to buy to purchase the field. Why the treasure's in the field? You've got to buy the field, but not just any field. She knew which field. Why? Because by the fruits of her hand, she would plant, man, the vineyard. You just can't plant them any place. The soil is very important. Watch this. Go to the parable of the soil. Four different types. But the seed's the same. The word of God. Just as powerful. It never changes. And you and I are the sowers. Now some may can throw out bigger handfuls than others. Maybe some of our hands not near as big. And we can't throw as many of the grain and cover as much. It's others. And 
maybe the, the method and the process. And, and you know what? Uh, who would ever dreamed 50 years ago they'd use airplanes to come through and, and, and fertilize trees? It's hard to compete with that with a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> Yet the job's getting done. So, so according to the talent and the, the skill and the gifting that God's blessed you with, don't look at everybody. You can't look at all the other churches. I want to do it their way, and I want to do it that way, and I want to do it. No, let's just do it God's way. Where are we at? Let's, let's, let's see what God, how God wants to work here through us and what he's blessed us with. Let's, let's find some contentment said, and, and some willingness in us. Said, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can to bless that one. Hmm. Encourage that one. Uplift that one. Amen. In every way that I possibly can. Amen. To be victorious. That's when he said, I didn't come to condemn. We did, we're not coming to condemn. We come and give instructions and guidance how to overcome, how to be victorious, how to live an overcoming life in this world that we're living in today. And so she considers the fields and by it that with the fruits of her hand, she planted a vineyard. She guided her loins with strength. Or she girded her loins. She girded her loins with strength. Amen. What is it? The gospel. Amen. Amen. Our loins. With truth. The belt. Amen. That's what, that's what this is all about. The church. Amen. We need to search the scriptures and make sure we're inside the readings of the word of God and the commandments. And if we're walking in them, guess what? We're right. It doesn't matter what this one says. So that one says, uh, as long as we, so she does that. That's what she does. She's going to throw loins uh, with strength and strength and her arms. Why? It's by the arms that you reach out there a lot of times. Uh, it wasn't just prayer and faith, amen, that Peter used. Uh, amen. When that gay man was sitting at the gate, beautiful. But the Bible says he reaches out with his action. is taking place with his faith. And he reaches out with his arm and gets a hold of him. It's times when you and I got to reach out and get a hold. Even sometimes mentally and physically, you got to get a hold of them and you got to pull them into this thing. That means you got to you got to supply the means and the ways. Sometime now, I'm telling you, there's some an abuser, but there's got to be some hungry hearts and hungry souls and individuals. Amen. If you can just give them the house of God a time or two, that's all they need. Amen. They got they're settled. They're they're sold out. They're persuaded. Hallelujah. This is what I've been looking for. She perceiveth. Uh, that our merchandise is good. She's tasted. She's tried it. Most good cooks, you know. They could taste. They're going to see if the season's right. And man, they didn't have all the measuring cups and all that way back there, son. They just kept sampling and mixed. I always found it funny how some people fix their plate and they go by the salt shaker and pepper shaker before they even try any of it. You ain't even tasted. You don't know. Somebody might like salt more than you and they, done, they, done, they poured it to it. I personally don't like just the taste of salt. I like the taste of vegetables and the taste of meat and I mean, if, if, if I'm just going to eat salt, then just forget all that. Just go down there and pour you out a plate full of salt. Get salted down. <laughs> but no, we, we love the taste of meat and vegetables. And if they cooked right. Now, I didn't say not to use those seasons, but balance, balance. And so, so she knew how 
to taste and perceive and her merchandise good. Her candle goeth out not by night. Amen. Another troubled times or sorrow times and difficult times. Amen. And when the wind's blowing, it's hard to keep that candle lit. It's hard to keep it burning. It's hard to keep that glow in your face. And, amen. Whenever you, the, the wind's been taken out of your sails. Amen. It's hard to keep that smile on your face. And, hallelujah. In, in, in the presence and in circumstances and situation. But by the grace of God. By the mercy of the Lord. By the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I find a help. Amen. I find a guide. I find a comforter. Even in those troubled times. Hallelujah. I'm not going to the, the ways of the world and resources and all. I've got one that's going to. She knew how to do that. She goes from that. She layeth her hands, amen, to the spin on her hands, to the, the steel, amen. She knew how to start making things and, and putting things together and bringing it together. She stretches out her hands to the poor, amen. It, it, it just because they was poor, no, I, I'm going to help them. I'm gonna, she was considerate of others. She wasn't willing to overlook them. She saw them in a need. She was willing to help them. She was willing to reach out to them. That's what this church has, has been placed here in this community for, amen. The poor, amen, those, amen, that can't help themselves. We've been there. Spiritually speaking, we've been there. Amen. We didn't know what direction to go. We didn't know which way to turn. We needed somebody to help us just like, amen, the eunuch, amen, that Philip had was sent down there to him. He was an educated man. He was a military man. He was a top of the notch, amen, of his time and generation, but he couldn't save himself. And he couldn't let his own conscience, his own mind to give him revelation. No, how can unless a man instructs me? Hallelujah. God set this thing up. Nobody can be saved without a preacher. Watch this. Nobody can be saved without a church. Hallelujah. you got to have a church hallelujah you gotta have a preacher but you gotta have a church you gotta have a body you gotta have a mother you gotta have somebody that you find protection in you gotta have a place that you can come running like a tower in those times of trouble that's what she was like amen that's how she she would handle things and she is not afraid of the snow she wasn't afraid of the elements church i know we're living in some troubled times as a nation and in the world a lot, of, a lot of chaos, a lot of, a lot of things, but it's not a time to let fear dominate us. <laughs> I appreciate these young couples that, amen, it's not letting the times rob them and saying, you know what, we're going to have some babies. We're going to raise them up. God's going to keep us. If Moses could be raised in his hour, Jesus was born, and God kept him in his hour against Pharaoh, this same God would keep us and our babies. He's never failed the church, and he never will. He never failed his people. As long as we're obedient and humble and yield ourselves and give ourselves, amen, to it. Begins to talk about, amen, the snow, that she's not afraid of the snow, and all of her household are clothed with scarlet, amen. We know how important the scarlet can be in covering and protecting us, but you can always also go to Rahab. It was one threaded scarlet that was hanging out that window. That brought salvation to her and her family and all that was in the house. Don't underestimate your witnessing power. Don't underestimate that mother's prayer. Don't underestimate the power and the love of that mother. The church that loves. The church that's willing to reach out. The church that's willing to come together and work together. Showing great tolerance to keep the unity of the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God in the forefront. That this is not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about a kingdom coming. It's about a resurrection. It's about eternity and eternal life. That's what it's about. 
goes from that and talks about making her coverings of tasperies and her clothings of silk and purple. Notice, watch this, silk and purple, that ties into royalty. That ties into the kingdom of God. That ties into the temple and the tabernacle service. She always had time to do something for the house of God. I'm going to tell you something, ladies. We should never get so caught up in our own family that we don't have time for the family of God. If you want your family to be saved, you better tell your family, hold on, we got to do something for the kingdom of God. Because all of us will be lost and undone if we don't stay in connect here. Well, don't bother me and my fort. All right. Well, that went over good. We ain't got time for the church. We ain't got time. You'll see the day when God won't have the time for you. It's in the book. It's in the Proverbs. It's there. Mark. Always, church. Let's have time for the kingdom. Let's make time. Let's make time. Let's get involved. Let's just make ourselves available and say, hey, I want to do it. I find it a, a joy to be involved and to get involved. <laughs> for my family's sake. For my family's sake, I want to do it. Strength and honor are her clothings, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Isaiah 65 talks about the time coming. Folks, we got something to look forward to. Now, we really do. As Holy Ghost feels a bride of Christ and living for God, looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come, rejoicing, excited about it. I understand the other part, but you can't let this, you can't let all that overwhelm and overcome. Man, the excitement about the coming of Jesus Christ and being ready to meet him. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Man, she doesn't, basically saying she don't ever open her mouth without it being with wisdom. Taking thought to what she, you know. You've heard people make the statement, boy, they, boy she or he gave a piece of their mind. Yeah, a lot of times them folks gave too many pieces away. They ain't got enough left to... <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> but the law of kindness. The law of kindness. She looketh well to the, to the ways of her husband. And eateth not the bread of idleness. Amen. She doesn't just sit around and just don't have nothing to do. And, you know, I don't understand. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand people say, oh, I ain't got nothing to do. What do you mean you ain't got nothing to do? How much time you spent in prayer today? How many chapters you've read today? Have you called anybody? Well, I'm not sure if you talk to God, that's somebody he can send you to that needs. I promise you, there's some folks. Idleness is a devil's workshop. So she don't sit around with idleness. I won't do it. Praise God. Her children will rise up and call her blessed and her husband also. And he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously. Hear that. Many daughters have done virtuously. But she seems to, to have, watch. But thou excellest them all. I'm going to tell you something. I feel the Lord's worked on me in the last few months. Bible's talked about that God, as much as a cup of water would be given, that you would receive a reward. 
talks about when he talks to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, especially the Pharisees when they make their prayers on the corners and all. He said, you'll get your reward. He promised that he would owe no man nothing. There's a lot of people that's blessed. The Bible says he, he rises on the, the sun rises on the just and the unjust. I believe there's blessings and benefits that you can get from God and never even attain salvation. And the fullness of what it's all about. But because God is so just and caring and loving. If you approach him in prayer. You ask for certain things. And if God can, he's going to bless you with it. If you meet certain requirements, God's going to bless you with it. But don't make the mistake and count that as salvation. Okay. No, God loves us, and he's going to owe no man. And he's going to bless. But the ultimate reward, the crown, a man, the rubies of the crown, is to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. The same way with a wife, with her children and her husband. What about this bride? <laughs> the bride who we're looking for, the groom, who we're looking for, Jesus Christ. Who, we want to, who do we want to please? Who do we want to receive honor from? That's, that's what it's about. That's, that's, there's nothing more powerful, more beautiful, as he writes about this and talks about it. And the last verse simply goes this way. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. Charm and, and beautiful and all that. It, 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 he's, not, he's not tearing it up, but what, what he's saying, all that's it's going to decay. It's, it's not lasting. It's not eternal. But, but the rest. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So to become that, that virtuous woman, that virtuous bride, that virtuous church, the real key is going to be fearing God, fearing the Lord. It's bringing us right back to our Wednesday nights when we've been preaching about wisdom and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom. Fearing his word, reverencing and, 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 and giving him the, the praise and glory, submitting and humbling and yielding ourselves unto the greatness of this God. Folks, this is the best life to live. Don't let that world out there influence you. Don't let our own carnality rob us. We're blessed in this place this morning. Let's stand together. I know my time. How do we accomplish this? How do we achieve this? Paul's writings of Philippians 4 and 8 finally told us this way. He said, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true or honest or just or pure or lovely, a good report. If there be any virtue, virtue is likened unto strength. Add unto your faith, virtue, virtue. These are the things that we have to place our minds on. Put our hearts, invest our hearts and our efforts and energy into it. When we get up to go to work tomorrow, let's get up and go in the name of Jesus and for the kingdom of God. Let's let it be first. God, you've blessed me and give me these talents and opportunity. I want to work for the kingdom of God. It's off the top, man. This is for you, God. Man, I'm going to walk in those highways and byways. And, and you may be facing a difficult situation tomorrow. 
but with the help of God and the help of the Holy Ghost as that virtuous one. God anointing you and putting words in your mouth and a, a spirit upon you. I'm going to be a light of Jesus in this. I'm going to be a vessel of God. Go back and read the beginning of your lesson. Amen. About the little black ladies. A man that astounded the United States of their ability in mathematics. Even above the calculators and all of that. And when it finally came out in the report, it was that little, that little group of black ladies that they had segregated a man to, at, 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 at lunchtime to have their own table. That they had shoved aside and ignored, but it was that little set of black ladies that made the call and the decision that put the good old United States in space before Russia. But they handled it wisely. They didn't make a big deal out of all of that. You know, there's some things, a virtuous woman, she just won't let that. I'm just not going to let that bother me. There's bigger fish. I'm in this for a different reason. And I'm not going to let those little things. And here's how I can call it petty things. What did Paul tell us? He said these, these heartaches and burdens that we suffer. He said when that moment comes, they're going to be as though they're nothing. Now you listen for me just a second. Because I feel impressed the Lord put this in me. In prayer yesterday, the Lord impressed me. About that scripture and that outcome. Because when we get to heaven, none of that's going to matter. Am I right? And those that don't go to heaven, when they get to hell, all of that's going to matter either. It's going to be as though it was really nothing to wind up here. I've heard people off the cuff and just, just out of ignorance. Amen. I go to hell before I change. Before I, I do this. Before I, but I promise you five seconds there if they could get it back. Could pull it back. I don't care how hard it was, how bad it was, how cruel it was. When you compare it between heaven and hell, and you can compare it from now to eternity, it will be as though it is nothing. And that's what that virtuous woman always understood when she would serve her family. When she got recognition and when she didn't, she knew her place. And I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to be committed. If they blow the trumpets, fine. If they don't, fine. If they turn on the lights, fine. If they don't, fine. But when I end this journey, I got a husband and children. Because <laughs> I don't have to be known to the rest of the world. Hey, we, this country went through it. Almost paying down housewives. I didn't go through the scriptures. But the scripture itself said to be in a keeper of your house. You know what a keeper is? It's one that guards. That protects. That when the man's gone to take care. And, and, and to the point that he trusts her. That he didn't have to worry about spoil. That's, that's twofold I believe. He didn't have to worry about an enemy coming into his house. And taking what didn't belong. He didn't have to worry about his wife just handing out. And giving away. And. 
but neither did he have to go to the means of using arms and ungodly and ungodly ways to gain more gain, amen, to try to provide for because it was wasted. There's a lot, it's a lot in this. That's the same way he wants the church. Just don't waste the day. Just don't waste the hours. Just don't waste the gifts. Just don't waste the blessings that God's given to us. It's all been given to us. It's up to us. Right down to these earthen vessels. They don't belong to us. They belong to him. We're created in his image and likeness. And for his purpose. And for the, his outcome. That's what this is all about. Let's do it, church. Love you this morning. Let's pray. God, we love you today and appreciate you. The word of God that's, that's been powerful here today. To minister into our minds and our hearts and to, to encourage us and to strengthen us in this old world that we're living in God you help each one of us to become to follow the pattern of that virtuous lady God to offer and to give ourselves unto the call and the election of our Lord Jesus Christ to give our service unto you through the church through the members and through our loved ones our friends our neighbors and even to strangers God we'd be willing God to do what lies within our powers to be a vessel of yours a vessel of hope a vessel of light a vessel of love that they can know that there is a God that loves them in this world that'll bring them out of darkness that'll bring them out of hopeless circumstances and situations just like this morning, God, those that we prayed for and lifted up before you today, God, the power that's invested in the church as we would release upon earth what could be released in heaven through power of the faith in Jesus' name, your healing virtue and healing powers, your saving powers and delivering powers would operate through this body of believers. We give you the glory for it today through and by that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Folks, I'm telling you, there's nothing more powerful than the church. There's nothing more powerful, even in a home, than a mother and a wife that follows the pattern. I know, I know everybody hadn't got a fair deal. And, and I know there's some, some loopholes that some say, well, I understand that. But guess what? God said he'd never leave it nor forsake you. If you'll keep his commandments and walk in his statutes, there's some benefits and promises that comes from him. And nobody can keep you from attaining them. Let's love God like we never loved him. Let's live for God. God bless you. You're dismissed the fear of the Lord. God bless you.